Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Living Well with Janet, where we explore what it means to live well. I'm your host, Janet, a yogi, meditator, plant-forward eater, and all-around wellness enthusiast. I'm also a second-generation Asian-American woman, an experimenter, and a deep thinker. Join me in my conversations and contemplations on the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, social, and environmental aspects of living well. In today's episode, I want to talk about how to be alone without being lonely. If you follow our main ABG podcast show, you know that I recently went through a breakup and I'm finding myself back in a solo state, single, not quite ready to mingle, party of one. And you know what? I've been feeling actually really content and fulfilled by myself. Just because you're alone doesn't mean that you have to be lonely. They are not one and the same. In fact, it is totally possible to be in a long-time committed relationship and still feel lonely, or to have huge groups of friends and attend tons of social events and still feel lonely. The other day, I was listening to Armchair Expert, which is a podcast with Dax Shepard and Monica Patman, and they were talking about this epidemic of loneliness in America. The U.S. Surgeon General was on their show, and he talked about how 50% of U.S. adults claim that they have experienced measurable levels of loneliness even before the COVID pandemic. And of course, while loneliness is uncomfortable and affects mental health, it also affects physical health. They talked about how loneliness increases the risk of heart disease, the risk of stroke, and in older adults, it increases the risk of dementia by 50%. In fact, they talked about how loneliness has some of the same health risks as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. That's pretty shocking, in my opinion. Either way, it did have me thinking about this topic of loneliness. And so I started to go down a bit of a Google rabbit hole and did a bit of research 
I happened upon some articles through CNN and NPR and noticed that when it comes to loneliness and addressing loneliness, they focused a lot on connecting with others, you know, talking about quality connections over quantity and how there are different levels of connection. There's intimate connection, which is, you know, what you have with your significant other or your partner. And it's when you're so close to someone that your identities kind of become intertwined. And then there's also relational connection, which is what you have with close friends and confidants or confidants. I don't know how they pronounce it. And then there is collective connection, which is feeling a part of a community. NPR also talked about social and public spaces like making parks and libraries and places for people to gather communally, as well as having more social programs that promote connecting people. And then I, I went on to Oprah Daily to get a different perspective. According to Oprah Daily, while seeking intimacy and connection with others is important, the most profound form of loneliness that we experience actually comes from our disconnection with ourselves. So I thought that was an interesting way to flip the narrative, and it's really about how we connect with ourselves versus how we connect with others. Did a little bit more research and found on Mind Body Green that they talked about well-being being a healthy balance of both a sense of togetherness and a sense of solitude, which they define as interdependence. So I really liked that they looked at both how we are connecting with others as well as how we connect with ourselves. And when I was thinking more about why, even though I am a single and solo person, I feel such a great sense of happiness and fulfillment recently. And I think it's because I've gotten down the right combination of time that I spend with others, finding the right others to spend that time with, and also having time by myself, like quality, good time with myself. So I thought, why not create an episode where I share with you all how I've been spending my time and how I have been finding that balance in case it can be helpful to anyone else out there. So I have been spending my time with others in a couple of ways. I feel very lucky that I have some really great core people in my life that include family members as well as friends who, you know, I consider family. And I find that the right balance for me is making sure that I connect with at least like two to three either people or families or groups that I consider part of my core doing that two to three times a week. Ideally, it's in person because I love in-person hangouts more, even if it's just a simple walk in the park, a meal, grabbing coffee. But when that's not possible, a text, even sending just like a meme that is like an inside joke between us is a way to show that I care about them or for them to show me that they care about me. I have found that to be really beneficial. So making sure that I am connecting with my core people, that means it's going both ways. They are reaching out, but also I'm making an effort. Like if I happen to be in the area because I'm running an errand, I'll give them a text, even if it's just to come by for like an hour to hang out. Or, you know, a lot of my friends and my family have kids now. So being asked to babysit and totally being willing to take them up on that offer is another way that I'm finding um, being able to connect with those who are close to me. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. 
Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another way that I've been connecting with people is actually through old friends whom I've maybe lost connection with for a period of time. For example, my very good friend Grace, who was my roommate in college, and we were also on the dance team together. We also went out to happy hours a lot when we were both like single and working around in LA. She's now married and she's had two kids. And so we've kind of fallen out of contact for the last couple of years. But now she is, you know, back to work after her second kid and happens to have a little bit more free time open up. And I went out and grabbed lunch with her. And that one simple lunch turned in also to an invite to her son's one-year-old birthday party next week. So if you're looking for more ways to spend time with people, think about friends from your past whom you've already established a good connection with, but maybe just fell out of touch with for a period. Like my example with my friend Grace, I've had a number of girlfriends who got married, started families, and, you know, there are pockets of time when they were really, really busy, and I was happy for them to prioritize those aspects of their lives. But, you know, a couple of years after the kids grow up a bit, they start going to school, time opens up, and you can reach back out and establish even short, like, short hangouts of grabbing a coffee. Another way that I've been able to foster social connections is through being open to new friends. The other day, I had someone slip into my DMs and ask me for a coffee. This is actually a woman that I had met. She is also a content creator and interested in the wellness space. And I was really happy to see her message and I took her up on her invite to get together and grab coffee. I've also made it a priority and put it on my to-do list to try to reach out to more people to grab coffees and lunches, particularly people in the content creation space, because it can get lonely sometimes. Even though I have Helen and Mel, we're not always able to be together. And, you know, we also find that it's really inspiring to be able to connect with other content creators. Beyond connecting with people directly and having like one-on-one interactions, I actually find that being physically in communal spaces has also really helped me. And I try to do this like at least three times a week. I've been spending a lot of my time in coffee shops, checking out all the new coffee shops that are new to me that I haven't been to around LA. No matter what neighborhood I'm in, I'm just like whipping out my Google Maps, searching for, you know, what's what's a coffee shop that's open? Do they have Wi-Fi? Sometimes if they don't have Wi-Fi, I've also just been bringing books along with me and finding that just having like 
a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and reading or journaling has been really great. I'm also planning to check out more museums and art galleries. I just haven't really been doing that and prioritizing that. And I know that that's something that always fulfills me and is a way to be around other people in public spaces and just feeling the energy and the activity can be really good. Another way that I've been increasing my sense of community is I am living with roommates. Now, before I moved in with my significant other, I had been living by myself for a really long time. And it was really hard to kind of like give up that maybe sense of like, whether you want to call it like freedom or luxury, you know, when you've been living by yourself for so long, you kind of get used to having your own independence and having your own space. And you also, you know, you're like, I don't know, I don't want to trouble other people if I live with someone else who may be uncomfortable with like my habits or whatnot. But living with a significant other really helped me kind of break out of that shell. And I've decided to continue that, that even though I can go back to my, you know, single one bedroom apartment, being able to live with other people has really been another way for me to find a sense of community. And especially in LA, I found that there's a lot of apartment complexes that are multi-level where bedrooms are located on different levels. And so it's really quite common that you'll have roommates, but like very rarely see each other. Everyone's got their own thing going on. You can have your own space in your own bedroom. But if you want someone there, it's good. You know, like the other night I watched two episodes of The Golden Bachelor with my roommate. And that was really nice. And just once in a while, seeing each other in the kitchen, having a conversation. That's something I would recommend to you if you are holding on to your freedom of having your own space. Consider roommates no matter what your circumstances. If you are alone, it's a great way to find community. Okay, so that's how I've been spending my time with other people, connecting with other people in communal spaces. So now I want to spend some time talking about how I'm spending my time with myself and my relationship with myself in order to not feel a sense of loneliness. When you find yourself alone, I think too often it's very easy for us to just go to our to-do list and think about what are ways that I can be productive? What do I need to get done? What quote unquote should I be doing? And while it's important to you know make sure you get those things done, really taking time to connect with yourself is focused on doing things that are fulfilling to you, that are activities that allow you to almost forget what time it is. You get into the state of flow. So it's important to identify what are the things that you genuinely enjoy doing. For me, that is going on walks and hikes, doing yoga. I find that moderate to intense physical movement coupled with being outdoors and fresh air and taking in nature are ways that I enjoy spending time by myself where I feel really fulfilled and happy and connected. So I've been hitting up Griffith Park Trails. That's one of my all-time favorites. But recently, I've also checked out Runyon Canyon. Runyon Canyon has been one that I've actually avoided the last couple of years because when I first moved to LA, I went with a friend during like peak summer heat and it was so dusty like everything that you were breathing in was just like dirt being kicked up all over the place and there were an intense amount of dogs mind you this is back when i um was not as fond of dogs and a lot of the big dogs could be a little intense but since then i've definitely warmed up to dogs and when i've gone now during the fall when it's been cooler it's been more moist and not as dusty Another way that I like being in moments of solitude is going to coffee shops and reading or journaling. Occasionally, I will also do work, but I actually find that doing an analog activity, really getting off my laptop and my phone, is a really effective way of connecting with yourself. 
Some coffee places in LA that I've been frequenting and really loving are, uh, one is Sight Glass in WeHo. I actually had no idea that they had an LA location. I first heard of Sight Glass based on their San Francisco location because that was a spot that I used to go to with a really good friend of mine whenever I would visit her in SF because they have this like really beautiful space and they also serve pastries from Tartine. I think the location in WeHo also does this. I discovered they have a location in LA and it's a pretty big space with lots of great seating. And they also go from, you know, coffee to beer and wine happy hour during the evenings, which is really cool. Another coffee shop that I have been liking is Eightfold Coffee in Echo Park. This is a much smaller setting, but it's really bright and gets lots of sun. They have like really high, big windows that bring in the light and they have this really good cream cheese radish toast if you're into that paired with a matcha latte is superb um, yeah it's a great place to go and sit and just read another one i've discovered is three time coffee in k-town this is also one of those coffee transitioning into a wine bar at night I really like this concept, but they have beautiful seating along this bar where, you know, if you start on one end of the bar, you get to look into like the espresso machine. And as you go down to the bar, you start to notice that it's like, you know, like the holders for the wine bottles. So it's a really cool blend of the space. And they also have more like living room type setup seating with couches and also an open courtyard in the back. So if you're based in LA and you're looking for places to go to get in some good times of solitude, those are some that I would suggest. So I mentioned that when I go to these coffee places, I like to do an analog activity. I find that reading is a really great way to do something by yourself and also feel engaged and feel fulfilled. There are two books that I've been checking out recently uh, for anyone out there who might be looking for some suggestions. One is Trick Mirror, Reflections on Self-Delusion by Gia Tolentino, which was gifted to me by my good friend, Dan Matthews. Dan, aka Dan, shout out. Thank you so much for that. Gia Tolentino is an Asian American female writer and editor in her 30s. So her writing is very relatable. I find that she is really smart, both intellectually and also offers like witty observations. She talks about modern pop culture and, you know, in her compilation of essays, it's like talking about the internet and technology, uh, the impacts on society, but also on herself. There's also an essay in there about her recounting a time that she was on a reality TV show as a teen. I find her work just really clever and fun to read, and it's convenient if you are someone who likes to read multiple books at one time or is not really a sit down and read a book from front to back, but like to like choose just sections. Collections of essays are great ways to do that. The second book that I'm checking out right now is Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabriel Zavine. It was named one of the best books in 2022, which was a year ago, but I've been hearing about it through my various circles, so I got curious, and I've been really enjoying it. You know, the book is about these two childhood friends, a Korean-American boy and a Jewish-American girl, who reunite as college students in Boston, one going to Harvard, the other to MIT, and they both share this, like, kind of, like, nerdy interest in creating and designing video games. So that's a fun one that I'm also checking out. But basically, when it comes to finding time to do things by yourself, I really want to emphasize to focus on your desires and not just your duties. As Nancy Collier, who is a psychotherapist, mentioned in that Oprah Daily article that I referenced to in the beginning, she said that when you allow yourself to live from want, time with yourself has the possibility of being joyful and genuinely nourishing. Secondly, I think that my relationship with myself 
is one that I am really actively trying to keep on the positive side right now. As much as I do really relish positivity and am an eternal optimist, I do still struggle with negative self-talk, especially after I experience a major event or a setback. It can get even more intense and chattery. I have to really put deliberate effort into noticing when that inner critic or that voice is saying, you know, Janet, what could you have done better? Did you really try your best, et cetera, et cetera. And I do that with A, sometimes just journaling, like getting it down on paper, sometimes directly catching it and telling myself to redirect and focus on the things that I'm grateful for. Self-reflection during this time is really important, but harsh self-judgment is not. So those are some of the ways that I am trying to balance both time with people, connecting with others, being in community, but also taking valuable time to myself and using it to make sure that I'm feeling engaged and fulfilled and self-aware. Hopefully this is helpful to anyone else out there who is feeling a sense of loneliness. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a finger pointing emoji in the comments. You know, when you have like the left finger and the right finger and they're touching, you could think of it as like either connecting with others or it could just be your own hand and you're connecting with yourself. Totally cheesy, but why not? If you have any examples or tips on how you are able to spend time alone and not feel lonely, please share them in the comments of the Instagram post or on Spotify through the comments of this episode, or you can even DM me and I'll share it with all of us. I think it's always helpful to hear how other people are doing things so that we can support each other. And also, if you have certain topics that you want me to talk about or cover, leave them in the comments, again, on Spotify or DM me on Instagram. I'm always looking for ways to cover topics that are not just interesting to me, but, you know, that you all want to hear about. Once again, this is your host, Janet. I can also be found on Asian Boss Girl, the podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman with my good friends, Helen and Mel, who are also hosting their own shows, which you can catch on the same feed, new episodes every Tuesday. You can follow ABG on Instagram at Asian Boss Girl and me, Janet, at Janet W. That's Janet, the word double, and the letter U. 